At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello. It's Isabella on the Care the World Messenger, and I'm inviting you for another epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. Today, I have a very special guest that is joining us from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, he is CEO of University Recruiters, and he is being voted as a, an awarded as a 2020 Global CEO Excellence Career Coaching and Recruitment and CEO of the year. Guys, without further ado, let's welcome Jeff Martin. Jeff, welcome. What's up? What's up? Good to be here. What's cooking? What's cracking? <laughs> it's so great to have you. I know you are super busy. I know you have a lot of things going on in your plate. That's but okay. it's absolutely fantastic and honor to have you because of obviously exposure to the things you do and, and things you've been involved. So you can give us really a clear picture what is currently going on with Fortune 500 and with the business and how we're pivoting position for 2021. Absolutely. Fire away. I'm here to answer any question you got. So do you mind, Jeff, before we really go deep into all of that, how did you start it and how did you got into the niche around people and talent? Because so many companies exist, but they don't know how to finesse and how to create real connections and relationships. And it seems like you're one of the few who definitely have a natural knack for that. So could you please yeah, tell Yeah, I mean, um, I got out of college. And um, I started working for a big finance firm and I started uh, probably five years into the firm. I might've been a vice president of sales at the time. I, I still remember going to the CEO saying, these people you're hiring are just absolute crap. Um, let me do it, right? And, and voila, bang, I was thrown into recruiting. Um, seven, eight years past that, I decided that it was time for me to go out on my own, right? To be able to have a firm that, you know, um, I was able to control. I was able to go out and handpick clients. I was able to, truth be told, help more people, right? When you're an internal recruiter for a company, you know, you may be fantastic, but if I don't have a role for you, you go in the shredder, right? And I was so sick of seeing that there was this tight box and if you didn't fit, you were out. So I was like, I I'm going to leave. Um, I had some ideas to be very digital, which, which by the way, you look at the big companies, none of them are, right? They, they're, yes. they're, they're slow. They don't put out content, right? They got to keep their mouth shut for HR purposes. So I said, that's perfect. My style is being loud and in your face. <laughs> I'm going to let everybody know. Um, it was funny. Gary Vaynerchuk was someone that took me under his wing and, and really started telling me how I should grow my brand, which I did. Um, but I wanted to be uh, very uh, vocal and all over social. And I thought that would be the way that I would do my business development. If I did enough good things and, and brought enough value uh, 
that eventually, by the way, it could take years, right? Leads would start coming to me. Um, and that's what I did. And I've never searched for a lead up until now. Um, but when I say that, I guess I have because me doing videos and content is essentially my way of doing business development. But I want to open a firm that catered towards the client, right? We'll tell you a little bit about what we do. But we also cater towards the candidate where we give them sometimes three or four opportunities and we let them choose. Mm, that is so powerful and refreshing, specifically part of the candidate because candidate intuitively know what brands they're associated with, what makes sense, besides just even if you give them an identical job description, right? Yeah. Uh, so it is really smart move. And most recruiters, they, they you know, not all of them. And by the way, you got to realize I train a lot of recruiters. I'm very pro recruiter. I don't bash competition. Everyone does their own shit their own way. But the average recruiter looks at candidates as a commission check. Flat bottom line. Bullshit if they tell you otherwise. It, it is what it is. The really good ones, right, really do care where you go and they do have a passion for making sure that they put you in a good home and what makes them exciting is watching you grow and move up and you know that's sort of been my approach and and the way we do that is hey you may be my client i want to get you all the good people in the world right but if my client also wants if my candidate also wants to go to three other places i'm going to open those doors and let them pick See, what's crazy is a lot of people say you're nuts to do that, right? You got to, you know, feed them to the highest bidder and all that. But what happens is if I give a candidate three options, I'm getting a hire somewhere, right? If you take a candidate and just shove them in this box, they're working behind the scene. You just don't know it. They got other recruiters. Yes. So, so we try to squash that by saying, hey, listen, let me tell you why we're different. If the person obviously you know, fits the role. I got three opportunities. I want you to interview at all of them. Then we'll reconvene and talk about which the pros and cons doesn't matter to me. They're all my clients. So in my head, to be honest, wherever they go, I'm getting paid. Right. But I don't force them anywhere. That is epic because they, then they, when they choose, when they have a saying, not only they will be happier, but they will stay. That then you will be retained, uh, because so many why so many hires don't stay for the first ninety days without the most pivotal time, right? Or stay more than twelve months. So and you'll get you'll get clients that don't like that because mm -hmm. they want all the people. And I say, you know, and there's some that we have to act that way. But my response is pretty simple. If I give someone three opportunities and they don't pick you, why would you want that person? So true. Why would you want them? Because to your point, if there's something there that's not lighting their fire, they're going to go find it at some point. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's six months. And then vice versa, if, if he or she signs up and I put them at five other places, then you know where you stand and you got an employee that wants to be there. But recruiters don't work that way. They shove you in a box, and if you don't fit, they're on to the next person. 
That is so true. And what I love about what I want you, Jeff, to highlight, I mean, you're already a disruptor in that space and that space needs to be disrupted. So I'm so glad that you bring in such a fresh perspective and a very different way of doing it and that you are absolutely, yes, loud and upfront and, and all of that, which actually for a lot of people know what to expect. So it's no these surprises, no tricks and no these moves that people think they're sleek and, and smart. And in reality, world is so small and due to virtualization i mean come on how many people know all these other recruiters and other players as well the company leaders and and in which environment bring you bring in someone could you share a little bit about that i mean i know you have a, such a big repertoire of clients but now it's like okay what they're doing to keep their a game to attract a players yeah i mean covid's thrown a monkey wrench in 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 the mix it's um, everyone's still navigating and figuring out, you know, there's clients that are pumping the brakes. They're starting to ramp up now because they want to hire by July, right? Maybe the vaccines out there. Um, you know, the, the number one thing that, that the top companies are doing now, and I'm an in the office guy, I'm in my office. Um, now I don't make anyone else come in, but I got to work in the office, but the number one thing, that that uh, companies are doing um and now it's it's so spread across the country that's not special but mm -hmm. is is they're allowing everyone to stay remote right you know i know you're remote now I, every interview i do not every interview a lot of the interviews i do they'll say i know they're remote now what do they plan to do in six months i'm addicted to being remote so a lot of companies have committed, by the way, some have also committed, nope, when this shit's over, uh, you're coming back to the office, right? But the ones that, that are really going after the market share, they're saying right now that if you work at home and COVID goes away and you wanna stay working at home, that's in place. You could have that, right? Um, and that's a big deal to people that are used to it, that are now juggling kids at home and school. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, when you interview, I, I had one yesterday in Texas, it was, you need to be near the office because when COVID's over, you're in the office, right? So, so the top thing people are doing besides some cool benefits and things of that nature, um, they're letting people know now doesn't matter what happens with COVID, you could stay at home forever. And that is a great way for actually, specifically if you're going for new hires, to really be clear and set up expectations because expectations are king, right? Yeah. If they're not there and, and if it's kind of gray and hazy, and I'm seeing and hearing horror stories, of course, everything is great in the beginning. It's like a data and everything, everything, everybody's over promising. And as like, and but then reality is under delivering. It's like how you expect this now when situation change or scenario. And if it's something not truthful, up front and if that flexibility doesn't exist it's going to create a friction i'm also hearing yeah. some of them demanding relocations and as you said closer to office and anticipation to be uh pretty soon in an office and then things don't work out and you have a people who did the relocation so it's just so many elements that uh we're seeing but the reality is um what, what do you think will be some of the best practices based on what you've seen right now with so much uncertainty 
uh, organizations shaving key positions, shaving uh, so many uh, infrastructure, I mean, their structure and their yeah. operational model. And, and then now they're also trying to figure out where the gaps are, where we can go and change and flip-flop independent which department you're talking to. I gotta be honest, right? Um, everybody's doing whatever they need to do to stay alive. It's we're in times that we've never seen before, right? The way people operate, you know, uh, there's companies out there that are making more money than they ever made, right? For whatever reasons, uh, they found a groove, they found a niche. And then as you know, and you look at the news, there's companies that are just, you know, dying. Imagine if you're a company that sells to offices, right? Whether that's office supplies or something, you're dead. You're dead. Like, what are you going to do? Go to knock on homes to sell them paper? That doesn't work, right? So everybody's trying to reinvent themselves. Even recruiting companies like us, when COVID hit, we launched uh, a whole division that helps write uh, resumes and, and keep your LinkedIn profile optimized because we didn't know if we were going to have clients that were hiring but we knew we would have resumes coming in. So the, the top companies are figuring out a way to pivot and pivot quick. Now we're a year in, so it's a little bit different. Um, but I got to be honest, it's a hard question to answer because no one has a clue. No one knows that with the vaccine, nobody, right? Nobody. I mean, in New York City, you can't go to work because New York City is scaled up, right? Yes. So, I'm in a building, there's four stories. I'll take the stairs all the time. I'm on the second floor, right? <laughs> no touching well, elevators and buttons. <laughs> yeah, so kind of place. no one's ever thought about this, but they did a study, I think it was in the Empire State Building, right? Link, uh, LinkedIn's corporate office. Someone came in and did a study and said that it would take you three hours to get to the 35th floor and three hours to get down if the building was at, you know, even 50% occupancy because two or three in an elevator, you got it. You know what I mean? So people can't go back to work even if they wanted to right now. Um, and every time I talk to a client or, you know, a, a CEO or someone that runs these businesses, I got to be honest, nobody has a clue. And, and, you know, I was talking to a bunch of job seekers yesterday. I said, Hey, don't get down on yourself. Right. If you're looking for a job right now, you're looking for a job in the hardest economy that I've ever seen in my life. Right. People don't know if they should hire. People are starting to what happens when we all went remote. And I called this, too. I should have did a video. Everybody started saying it was the greatest thing in the world. Production went through the roof. Yeah. And that's true. But production did not go through the roof because people were at home. By the way, there's some of that that's wrong. I'm sure some have. Production went through the roof because everyone was scared shitless of losing their job, right? Mm -hmm. When you see 20 million people get laid off, you're going to work a little bit harder to make sure that you're not number 20 million one, right? So what happened is everyone loved it. Production's up. We're killing it. Now you're seeing this downslope of these clients saying production is down. People are, they, they got, you know, they're, uh, I forgot what they call it, but you know, the COVID blues, they're lazy. They're sick of not seeing people. They're bored, right? So production went through the roof and now we have people reaching out 
which I haven't heard of in a year, saying I only want the job if it's in an office. Like I'm sick of being at home. Home is not for everybody. That's so true. Not home everybody not can have everybody. a routine and, and and be able to, um, yeah, to separate life from, from, from. I met many of my best friends at my first job. And you do the job stuff. You do the happy hours. You goof around <laughs> at work. You go to lunch, right? Yes. Think about these kids that are coming out of their first job. And I've talked to some and they they're meeting nobody. They're all cyber people, right? They don't have a friend. They don't have a group, right? It, it's awful. So, you know, production spiked. Everyone thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Some companies will stay home and some people do better at home, right? If you have an hour commute, you are more productive at home, right? But, but it didn't spike because you were at home. It spiked because people were scared shitless of losing their job. But and now it's gone like this, like, and, and they can't stop it. People are, people are quitting and, and not working because they're so miserable waking up and living on a screen. But also it's, a, I, I know that it's also huge burnout because when a lot of positions are shaved when you have a smaller department, but more or equals work with that, that you had prior years or prior months, it's expected more of the smaller group and deliverables and pressure and deadlines. Oh and yeah. Obviously issues. And I can also see that a lot of people I, I talk to just from my, my standpoint, they're having constant anxiety because they're like, I'm, I, I don't know if I can handle this any longer. I cannot work anymore. These longer hours, just because we're not commuting, they're expecting us to abort. That's a insane hours and 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 i see big huge contrast there right there's a big problem of not knowing when to stop and start work right to be able and and there's a routine you should follow um but to wake up roll into your office and i've worked at home before when COVID hit i stayed home for two to three weeks and i'm like i'm going to the office they can arrest me if they want but i'm going <laughs> to the office um and i knew it was safe i was the only one in the whole damn complex Right. But you know, you wake up, you're out of routine. So you stroll in, in your sweatpants, right? Part of routine is getting up, shower and getting dressed. Right. Um, and then you don't know when the day ends. Right. Um, and, and it's actually not healthy. It's not good for you. I actually, when I coach somebody, you know, I, I tell them my story is I wake up now, now, I, now I come to the office. Um, but the first three weeks I would wake up and I would still go to Starbucks, right? I would still drive this. Now the gym was closed, so I lost that, but I would still go to Starbucks and I would start my routine and I wouldn't go into my home office, you know, at 6.30 just because I was up, right? Mm -hmm. I, I made sure, let, let me, you know, it's too early, I'm gonna burn myself out. And at five o'clock or whenever the day was done, I shut it down, right? Mm -hmm. It was the only way to stay fresh. And I knew I had to get out of there. Now I come into the office. I, I can get here at seven and work till eight and I'm good because the second I leave here works over. But the biggest issue, or I, I keep saying that a huge issue is there are some people that don't know when works over. Yes. And there's companies that don't know when works over. So just because you're at home, you know, yesterday we had snow here for the first time, which I hate, but it was, um, Monday and Tuesday, we had snow. I used to do a video on snow days that I, it was, and it would always go viral on the first snow day. I said, Hey, today's a snow day, not a vacation day. 
you get up, you work, you work, you work. Well, now when it snows, you're already logged into work. So there is no, so now your kids are home, right? There's, there's no stopping. It's a, if you're sick, there's no resting. You're mobile, get to work. Yes. Um, yes. And the best companies are, are really watching their people and they're making sure that they're either being bonused for going overboard or they're saying, Hey, you know, shut it down. Day's over. But, but there's some companies that just keep throwing work at people because they figure, Oh, your job's 24 seven. Now you work at home. And that is, I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I, I see, I see abuse from both sides. And, and on the end of the day, as, as you mentioned, if people are burnout and if they're getting sick and if not getting down, that's why protection is down. And if they don't feel supported, understood, and if they cannot transparently have these conversations, uh, we're, we're also having major problem with ones that are already employed, right? And then on top of it, now you have the force that is unemployed and that they're trying to get attention and they're trying to get through it. So it is very chaotic and it's not much in alignment. And one of the things that I'm seeing through the executives and through C-suite or doesn't matter whatever structure or organization it is, they don't necessarily see eye to eye. And as a result, I'm seeing different practices may be instituted in some departments and in other departments having their own and and you have a feeling like you're totally dealing with two three different companies instead of one it's, uh, company. it's a it's a mess right now right so some companies have gotten it they're in a groove you know remember i don't know i'm, I'm not going to make up a number but i want to say 80 90 percent of companies were not set up to work at home yeah you can bring your laptop home and do stuff right so this was this is new for everybody and learning how to you know uh, look, I'm a total in the office person. I'm a face-to-face -face interview person. Before COVID, I would never do a Skype interview. I was against it. I didn't want to see it. Now, if someone was far away, I would just do a phone call. I didn't care. Um, you know, so all of a sudden this hits and everyone has to adjust to doing everything digital. Well, think about if you're a company who's going to pay somebody 60 grand, you know, to come in, they never meet you. They ship the computer to your house. You never get the company culture. It's hard to build culture and maintain it. Um, you know, I remember I had a client. It was actually a public figure, big company. And he stopped hiring. And he said, I'm, I won't hire till I go back to the office because my culture is what drives this company. And there's no way I can teach a new person our culture over zoom. Right. So, you know, it goes each way. There's a lot of people that hope they stay at home forever. And yeah. there's a lot of people like me and no one's right or wrong that hope that I'm in a gorgeous complex. I want to see everybody back in the office. Mm -hmm. um, obviously it has to be safe, but I, I, I thrive off of energy and interaction and people. Um, I want to do face-to-face -face interview, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Right. My LinkedIn trainings, are, are, are through Zoom. I try to bring the best out of it, but I used to fly or drive anywhere. And a lot of times, you know, it was because I wanted to be in that room with those 200 people to feel that energy. So I'm not a fan of what's going on. I hope it switches quick, but COVID's got to go away before that happens. That is excellent point. And then we're dealing with different personalities and with different uh, behaviors, right? 
some people are more extroverts and some more more introverts and 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 doesn't matter with what personality and behaviorally you're exhibiting uh, or, or experiencing at the moment, uh, it is adjustment for all of us. And how do we now work effectively and cohesively? Um, it yeah, is it, definitely a challenge for sure. Yeah, I mean, a lot by now, right? We're what, 10 months in that people found their groove, they get it, but that doesn't mean they like it, right? I don't have another employee in my office. They're all kicking butt. We had a great year. That doesn't mean any of them like it. We just have to do that until this is over. Um, you know, so, so I do feel there's a lot of companies and people that their, their business is actually being affected because they're, they lost their culture, right? And everyone's sort of all over, disengaged, you know, eating an hour lunch in front of the TV. Seriously, um, it just takes you out of your groove. So, you know, again, I'll be a broken record. I just can't wait till we can get back to normal. <laughs> and who knows what that means, but maybe it means if you want to be in the office, go in the office. If you've produced well over COVID and you want to stay there, stay there. Right. Um, but I think it also should be for just a, from the organizational standpoint, opportunity still to all the colleagues to see each other. I remember even before COVID was very shocking to me for the large enterprises, um, Specifically, I'm just going to use this in, in tech center here in Colorado, in Denver, uh, and and these there were senior vice presidents and vice president of large corporation. We were in elevator. We had a big meeting coming up, and the guys who were hired like six months or twelve months seeing each other for first time, and I was yeah. shocked. It's like, that crazy? Not that that crazy big, and you serious? You're in the, this big uh, building, and now you're seeing each other, shaking hand twelve months later. I'm like, you're kidding me. And and I was like, that is reason why you're having such a huge disconnect and problems. Why you need external support and talent. So now, I I mean, I could just imagine what craziness is going on. And, and, and adaptation for change, obviously, we have to be very flexible. And as you know, not everybody is willing or, or uh, as flexible as they needed to be to make it easier, not just for themselves, but for others. So we're seeing a lot of behavioral issues and, 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 and people dynamics. And looking at from that standpoint, I was like, oh, my goodness, uh, how far this can really go, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's everyone's doing the best they can. It's come a long way. Uh, I mean, the first four months were brutal. There's a lot of clients that we have and a lot of companies, whether they're clients or not, that, you know, onboard you, train you. And then there's typically some way to smoke you out, whether it's a training, a test, whatever it is. And, you know, we saw all these clients that everybody was failing all these tests, but how can you blame them? You're teaching someone about your company and your culture via Zoom with 50 other people on the Zoom, right? Where I'm the kind of guy that learns, I go up to you after and say, hey, I got a question, right? So these clients, the biggest issue we saw right off the bat is companies that would bring in, you know, 20, 30 people for a training, you know, uh, onboarding. Um, and they all have some sort of final exam. You either move forward in the company, or you go home. Well, <laughs> yes. uh, the average is an 80% pass rate i saw three or four down to about a 30 percent pass rate so how do you get mad at the new candidate that doesn't do well learning hands off by you know cyber 
Um, and, and, and people got that straight real quick. I mean, you know, you just had to buy better training, but no one ever thought that I was going to have to train you on how to use our software by me speaking to you through a computer. Um, and yeah. it's still a problem. There's still companies. So challenging. That, yeah. yeah there's, there's a lot of companies that hire fresh out of school. Right. So these are people that have never worked. Right. So they don't understand getting up, getting suited up and going to work. And it's hard to teach them that um, via um, a phone, you know, a Zoom. Wow. A lot of growing pains and adjustment pains from both sides. You're spot on and and uh, and everybody learned different ways. So and, and again, I'm seeing some companies that are able to do some virtual classes and more stuff, uh, more proactive, more progressive stuff and more it's self self uh, centralized so that they can have their own profile and go through the library of things they need to learn. Some of them already had that in, in, implemented. Um, but right now, I feel like everything that whatever we missed to do before, it's kind of catching up, isn't it? So yeah, it's it's um, it's a crazy world right now. Right. I mean, we're still in. I mean, honestly, we're in the we're in the you know, I don't know if, where we are in the pandemic, but it's the worst it's ever been. Right. You know, so think about when we all got locked up at home. I'm in, in Maryland. Um, you know, it was in the beginning. And now we're all out all over the place. And, you know, there's more deaths and more hospitalizations now than, than anywhere. And companies are just like, uh, they're, they're, they're paralyzed. Where is this going? We thought it'd be gone nine months ago. And I'm still sitting here without a sales team because what am I going to do with a sales team that sells copiers? You're not putting caught, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm just thinking yes. there's yeah. a, so, and there's the other side of that. There's a lot of companies now that are killing it. I had a buddy uh, stop by his, his office was up here and it's software that allows, you know, people to essentially, it's kind of like a Salesforce type deal, right? That stuff goes through the roof. No one thinks about all the companies that, that only deal with businesses. And sometimes that business means they need to be in an office. Staples, what are they doing? Right. They got 10,000 sales reps. Who are you selling to? Right. Like, like no one's open. I don't need your pens and paper. I'm at home. Um, copiers and solutions and IT, you know, manage IT services are great. Um, but I don't need you on site anymore because everyone's at home in the cloud. So it, it's going to take a while to come back to normal. I do predict when it does come back, right? Let's just say it's in, you know, the third or fourth quarter of next year, mm -hmm. you'll see a job market like you've never seen in your life. Really? It'll be a hiring frenzy. Right before COVID, there was an article that came out, maybe it was like months before. It said for the first time ever, as a recruiter, I was getting more business than I knew what to do with, but it was harder to fill it because everyone was was getting a job. And there was an article that came out said for the first time ever, as we know in this world, there are more openings than qualified candidates to fill those roles. It was insane, right? That's well, true. that went from here to 20 million people laid off in a, in a day. Um, now we're at 8%, which is a little better. It's still not 2%. I'm just, I, I, I'm predicting 
right? These companies are holding on to cash. I yes. talked to a client today. They went from 15 sales reps to two. Yes. And he said, the second this opens, right, we're going to need 30 because we got to make up for a year of lost ground. It's going to be insane. Yeah. Now, how many actually go back to the office, right? Again, it's, it's, I talked to someone today who's, who's, who had 20,000 square feet. They were moving out of the office. Um, so I walked by, I said, hi. And he said, yeah, our, our lease is up. Why would I resign a lease? We're all just going to, you know, work at home and then maybe do some WeWork stuff. So I don't know where it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm looking around. I, I got skyscrapers all, they're all empty, but they're paying the rent. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, the same picture in downtown Denver, and, and, and it's just so sad because it's so empty from the regular business people. We have uh, uh, very interesting trends that are happening as a result of it, but 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 in the same time, it's like it's not a business buzz or business excitement yeah. or anything like I used to see, and, 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 and lunches and conversations with clients and trainings and Over. masterminds, and you know, it's just like a completely different ballgame, and also travel. I mean, I last year, I traveled to major six cities and and last trip was may uh march 5th from chicago so it's like i, I feels like miles centuries ago right i did a coffee uh a coffee sort of meeting today and by the way pre-covid i was against them i would never accept a coffee i would never accept a lunch or a dinner invite ever zero i would always <laughs> say if you want me come to my office i, I don't feel like chewing in front of you like no but so today's the first time I've done it in like a year and it felt amazing. Like yeah, there was someone else in front of me. Like I could smack him in the face if I wanted to. It was great. Um, <laughs> you know, on the flip side, human connection. We truly are craving good human connection. Like this conversation to me, it's so great to hear for someone that of that caliber that, that it is talking and sharing current uh, current situation, what is really happening, how you are adjusting, how is a company and as recruiting firm of that caliber adjusting, how are clients adjusting, and 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 then just to have a real and raw because so much of that is like when you listen, when you read, when you see other people posturing, it's like this is so off. It's not even reality. So, so. so the one thing we didn't speak much of is is the candidates, right? Yes. They have they have it the worst. And, and I, and I gave a little pep talk to, to about a hundred of them last night, um, in a clubhouse room, believe it or not, it was about hiring and, and all that good stuff. Um, and you know, one, what do you see coming please? Yeah. I mean, it's not what I see coming. It's the approach to get a job, right? So people don't know unless they get a coach, unless, unless I talk to someone or they talk to or any, any recruiter can give you this. It's not like something I made up. But 80% of companies do not post jobs. Yes. Right. And what happens is, and this is no fault. They don't know any other way, but, oh, the only way I know how to get a job is to go and just keep hitting apply, keep hitting apply. And then what happens is, by the way, I see this in older people too, because they haven't, you know, for the last 10 years, you haven't had to look for a job the jobs are coming to you, right? Now you got to look for a job and I'm getting calls saying there's nothing out there. Well, what are you doing? Every morning I wake up and send 50 resumes in through the job board. And what, what people don't want to understand is that looking for a job right now 
is a nine to five job. And it's utilizing LinkedIn. It's making connections. And it's actually picking up the phone and emailing hundreds of people a week, right? So I have a LinkedIn course. We sell out every single time. Probably about 250 people a month get on. I cap it at about 30, Zoom, 30 on a Zoom call. And every once in a while, it's all filled with job seekers, right? And what, what they don't understand, and, and I had someone the other day get mad at me. It was a lady who's never been out of work. She goes, this is so stupid, right? This is in front of, I got 150 people on a Zoom call. And she goes, this is just too much work. And I said, exactly the reason you're on this call, right? Like if you think that in this day and age, you just go to the job boards and hit a button and wait for someone to call you, you're dead. You need to approach for all the job seekers listening. You have to pretend like every company's hiring and reach out to as many people at that company that you think hold the keys to your job. And you don't send them a five-page email. You don't hound them. You don't bother them. You just say, hey, listen, my name is Jeff Martin. I read uh, all about your website. I checked it out. I saw your LinkedIn page. I would love five minutes to chat about how I think I can bring you some value. Bang, next one, next one, next one. And, and when you do that, if you want your odds to go up, every time you send an email, you have to tailor it to that person where they went to school. Oh, I saw you're at so-and-so for eight years. That's impressive because now your response rate, there, there's a thing out there that I call the respect level. Yes. Someone's going to get back to you based on the respect that you actually got outside the box, typed an email that's tailor-made to them, not some generic bullshit, right? Um, but, but most people wake up, they go to their computer, they send out 50 resumes, and they wait for the phone to ring. And if that's the way you're searching for a job, you'll be searching for a job that way forever, right? That doesn't work anymore. Now, a year ago, pre-COVID, hell yeah, that worked. Recruiters were waiting for resumes to come in. There wasn't enough, you know, we couldn't fill them enough. Well, now you got to think about with all the amount of people under out of work, everybody applies to everything. I may get 5,000 resumes a week where pre-COVID I was getting seven, 800. None of them qualify for anything. Everyone's just trying because they're stressing out because they don't, that, that, that there's only 50 jobs. Well, no. There's a lot more jobs. They just don't post it. So for the career seekers watching this, you better get outside the box. You better do things a little different. And if you don't get noticed, you won't get hired. Because for every job that you're looking to apply for, so are about 20,000 other people. So why are they going to pick you? What have you done differently? Right? When I tell people, call me. I dare you to pick up the phone and call me. You'll stand out because no one does that anymore, right? Very, very true. So, you know, the, the, the job seeker is, is the short, you know, yes, there's companies that have shut down and the restaurant bit, you know, it's just brutal. You know, I, 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 I'm amazed that some are still open, right? We got two hotels here and they're like, who's staying there? I don't know, uh, <laughs> but they're open. Um, but so everyone always talks about them and you go on the news and I need the stimulus for the companies, blah, 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 which by the way, I agree. I'm not saying I don't, but no one thinks about the job seeker who's sitting at home 
who actually wants to work to bring money home for their family, actually wants to work to get insurance, but yes. there's no jobs. That's and, where the problem is. Um, and, 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 and you hit so many pain points and thank you for addressing that uh, because people are right now very burned out as it is. And, and, and now having the commitment to do this and treat this as a work and full-time job and, and, and really be strategic. It's like, which strategy should I apply? And to be honest, Jeff, you'll be amazed how many different recruiters and how many different advice you hear. It's so confusing depending who you're listening to. It's so contradictory also very much so. And, and, and it's very hard to tell them what really works and what doesn't. It's like, I'm almost like a trial and error. And, and that is the sad part because then you're burning, burning more and getting more and more disappointed because you're not getting yep. any traction. Yep. No, it's, it's, a, it's a mess, man. I wish I can give, you know, everyone a pump up talk, but I keep it real. And reality is it's a shit show. Companies have no clue what they're doing, right? Unless you're in the mortgage business, which, you know, if you're in the mortgage business or some sort of health PPE, you're killing it, right? Everyone else is just trying to reinvent themselves. Every time I call a client, 50% of our clients went dark when COVID hit. I'm still in contact with them. None of them have gone out of business, but they've laid off just about everyone, right? Um, and they're just trying to maintain clients, but they can't grow. And, and, and they're all, you know, when I talk to them, it's all the same message. It sounds different, but the same message is we're just trying to reinvent ourselves. What do we do now? You know? Wow. How do we do it? Right. And, and some people have figured it out quick, yes. right? O online courses, anything online, any kind of zoom type shit, any kind of that is where you want to be right now. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Anything like that, anything that allows HR software, you know, the people that at the paycoms and the pay course, people hate them, right? Like, like I hate when they yeah. call me. They're annoying. They bother me. I mean, I like them as people. Now they're everyone's best friend, right? And that wasn't a knock on them. What I'm saying is it, when things are good, everyone's like, ah, you know, I don't need you. Now you need software to manage people all over the country, right? You need an applicant tracking system where seven months ago, 10 months ago, you didn't, right? So there's some companies that are thriving and then there's some that just, they don't know what to do. And the difference is I always, always believe it's due to the leadership and how quickly they're willing to pivot and do a change, right? And, and if more they're holding, more they're trying just to survive, they're not looking on opportunities and how they can actually ship things and actually be thriving. Um, so yeah. it is also yeah. mindset and skill set. It'll be an interesting year. You know, I hear people say a couple months, no, no, it's, it's, you, got a, you got another year if not more, till everyone's just kind of walking around, shaking hands, doing business lunches and all that. Wow. So it is true marathon, huh? To buckle up and prepare for the marathon. I mean, at this point, right? I mean, I don't know when everyone's vaccinated, but, you know, hopefully by October, right? Then, you know, people start to slowly get, you know, comfortable. And, you know, I, I don't know. Um, right when... Um, COVID hit, I, I bought a suite to take my clients to see a concert, right? I don't know if they told me tomorrow I can go to a concert. I wouldn't walk near that place, right? So a lot of it's not going to be, it's a lot of people are, I may wear a mask forever. 
I haven't had a cold or the flu. This is great. Um, you know, so there are some good things that came out of this, but it is, even though we're, let's just call it a year in from a business standpoint, it's still a mess. Yes, absolutely. You spot on. And specifically, again, on the top with decision makers. And then and if you also looking for jobs that is very tailored and, 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 and there are not many of those, uh, uh, it's, it's very hard for a lot of executives. I'm seeing a lot of people that are also on executive level really feeling lost. So do you mind, Jeff, sharing how people can engage with your, your obviously, university and through recruiting that you're offering and trainings because uh, it's always good to highlight someone I personally trust and knowing the association and who you know and who I know and some of the mutual friends and quality of work. Uh, do you mind just sharing, uh, again, what are you doing differently? Because it's a reason why I awarded as a career coaching and recruiting as CEO of the- Yeah, I mean, our style's a little different. We're a very uh, social company. A yeah. lot of recruiting companies haven't really gotten there. Right. I don't, I don't count posting a job on a job board, uh, social, right. I mean, we engage with our people and our, our clients via social media, right. We have three campaigns gone the last two days. That's all I've done is, is I've been pushing out my LinkedIn training. So from a company, what sets us apart and, and I like all recruiting companies, I don't knock them. I don't bash competition, but we do a few things different. And if you understand recruiting, if I call you, I'm asking you, can I handle your staffing or no? It's either a yes or a no. Yes. Great. No, I'm out of here. Right. So we said, there's got to be a better way. Let's become a firm that actually under the umbrella handles everything to help a company grow. So the first thing I did years ago, because I had so many followers and I was so, you know, my company makes millions of dollars using LinkedIn, right? I was like, well, why don't we teach other people how to do this? So we built these LinkedIn courses that sell out in a heartbeat. And, and the reason why is I sell them for like pennies, right? Because it's not like I'm trying to make money. Um, and then we go into companies and we ask them to let us teach your salespeople, right? Your salespeople are stuck inside. They yeah. can't go knock on doors. Let us let, let, let an expert show them how to unlock the power of LinkedIn to get more clients, right? So when we call you, if you don't want to handle, if you don't want us to do your staffing, we say, that's no problem. Who's doing your LinkedIn training? Who's training your recruiters? Who's training your salespeople? It kind of gets their eyes to open a little bit. Oh, shoot. Okay. And then we have another arm of our company called UR Media and the Jeffrey Agency, and we built relationships with all the top, you know, Yahoo Finance, uh, the AP, Business Insider, Inc., Entrepreneur. And we're able to now go to our clients and say, okay, you don't want to use us for recruiting because you have recruiters. Well, why don't we do a featured article about you, put it on the front page of Business Insider to build credibility so your recruiters can use it when recruiting, right? So everything we do is to help bring in more people. Um, and people are shocked because they're typically being sold. We want to handle your staffing. Yes or no. Okay. Forget it. Right. Where we go above that. Okay. You don't want me to do your staffing. That's great. You got great recruiters. Awesome. 
well, why wouldn't we do a featured article about why you're the greatest place to work and put it on the AP or Business Insider so now your recruiters can share it, which will bring credibility and validation, right? You can walk around saying you're the shit all you want. If, <laughs> if, 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 if it's your company posting it, that's actually the most ridiculous thing in the world, right? All talking about how good you are. You need somebody with credibility to talk yeah. about how good you are. Yes. And when you get a third party to write an article or a story about you and it gets placed on one of the top publications out there in America, right? That's credibility. Now I send that to a candidate and say, hey, I just saw your resume. Here's a little bit about us. By the way, check out the article that just came out on Yahoo Finance yesterday. Now that person reads it and says, oh shit, whoa, right? Or if I send you a post that my company made on why we're so good, I see these videos, these companies make, they're so cheesy about why they're good. It's your people talking about it. The only way to get credibility in this world is to get others to talk about how you're good. So we do that. We go into companies and we say, listen, we'll, we'll create some noise. We'll create some, some, uh, some, you know, some commotion around your company, which will then bring you people. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, no one else is doing it. It's, it's um, you know, it's, it's our website is LinkedIn training, resume writing, branding, right? We do everything. Every, and by the way, everything we do is geared towards helping candidates or getting you more people, right? It's not like we're, we actually do something else. This is, you'll love this. I, um, I got access to probably one of the only people that can get this, um, unless you're a big company. And we bought um, many, many, many um, COVID rapid at-home tests that no one can get. I bought thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Like, it was a gamble. I spent a lot of money, but the company's like, look, unless you're a medical distribution center, you can't get these. And these are impossible to get. The good news, the guy was one of my best friends. So I bought thousands of these tests and I sent an email to all my clients. I said, hey, listen, I got something that no one else can have for you, right? I'm going to give them at cost. I don't want a dollar, but I have at-home COVID. I sold every single one of them in 15 minutes, right? Now, what wow. recruiting company is hand-delivering COVID rapid tests to their clients so they can stay safe? Nobody, right? So when you do little shit like that, when hard times hit, yes. you don't forget about the people that did the little things for you, right? Um, you know, so so that's we try to do so many different things that were always on your radar. And you may just be using me to do an article for you. But if I do it right, you enjoy working with me. When it's time to hire, you're like, why wouldn't we hire that guy? He was cool. Why wouldn't we hire those people? Too many people, they're so narrow. They have one product they're in and out and you can't build rapport with that. You can't communicate. You can't talk about other things. If I do a LinkedIn training for you and I leave or I do it on Zoom and you're blown away because I'm going to bring the energy. Next time you need a hire, you're like, why wouldn't I give it to that guy? So that's just, you, you asked me to tell you why we're a little different. I actually hate talking about it because I think all recruiting companies are good, but we've, we have some other things that allow us, how about, I'll make it simple. We have other things that allow us to get in the door 
to build a relationship for the long term down the road for us to handle your staffing. And if we don't handle your staffing and you just want me for LinkedIn training, you're going to get the same amount of respect. That is fantastic. I love how innovative you are and, and also how you quickly pivot and resourcefully um, solve the pain point. And, and frankly, even though it might be a little thing, but it is the thing that saves the people's lives. So I think that is fantastic. Um, kudos, kudos. Yeah. kudos you gotta, no matter who's watching this, you know, like we said, we're in weird times. Like I talked about reinventing myself. We weren't doing any of this pre-COVID. We were doing LinkedIn training. Um, of course, but we weren't doing all this other stuff. Right. Um, and we put it in place and resume writing because I'm like, let's, what can we do to take advantage of these times we're in, but which will help people. Right. Yes. You know, understanding, having a good resume right now. And by the way, I lose money. I lose $1. I'm not kidding. Every time someone buys a resume, cause we sell it for 198. I pay the girl 200 who writes them. You know why I do it? So I can help people. Because if your resume doesn't stand out, I should probably raise the price so I don't lose a dollar, but it doesn't matter. Um, if your resume doesn't stand out now, you don't have a shot, right? But if you're out of work, you're not going to go pay all these other people $5.99 to write a resume that takes me 10 minutes to do. That's bullshit. So we do it at cost to give that person the upper edge of finding a job. And then it also to easily place them because now their their uh, their profile, their resume, everything is congruent, and 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 it's easy to stuff them. It's easy to also to find a good new position for them. And it also helps them. Honestly, we do. We want them to stand out more. Absolutely. Hey, look, you you know, two years ago, a year ago, your resume could be crap. It, could, it doesn't matter what it looked like, right? Now it actually matters. About you know, how do you format it, right? Because if I have a thousand candidates for the same job and they're all good, right? And they're all sharp and they all speak the same way, right? I get that. By the way, this isn't me. I don't do this. This is, I hear this every day. Jeff, I've just seen so many like inconsistencies in the resume. It doesn't look right. Why would we choose him? We have 20 others that have these perfect resumes that showed they put time into it. They put effort into it. Those are the people I want. Now you're being disqualified because your resume is a little sloppy. People don't think about that. A year ago, you yeah. didn't even need a resume. You just came in breathing and you were hired. That is excellent point. So thank you again uh, for sharing that. And, yeah. and then do you mind just in the closing, where do people can find you? I mean, it's just so much value here, Jeff. So thank you for uh, giving us such a great uh, opportunity. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. I appreciate being here. I mean, the, the number one spot is LinkedIn. That's where I live. Okay. I got a massive following on Instagram, but it's not my, it, 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 it's you want to follow me on LinkedIn. And then I also have my website, jeffnmartin.com. But, but if you want to stay up, if you want, if you want the value that I bring, you follow me on LinkedIn because every single, Every single day, I'm going to put out some content, never charge for it. I don't ask for anything. I just give out free advice. You know, that way, hopefully someone takes it in and can land their dream job. Brilliant. And if the listeners and people that are also watching, uh, go to it and see the links where they can go to see your um, upcoming classes and be able to get their uh, revamped uh, resumes. That's where the information will be as well. Yeah, you can go to universityrecruiters.com. 
And on there, I suggest everyone click on my ebook. It's the most downloaded ebook on LinkedIn. Totally free. Does it? There's no, no strings attached that at least help you to start preparing. And then there's a, a resume writing tab. And then there's a tab that shows all our LinkedIn classes that are as cheap as like $299, right? Which, you know, typically is seven, 800 bucks. But I understand that times are tough. Um, and these people still need to know this stuff because that's what's going to help them find their next job. That's so, fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. This is to be continued. Have a fantastic day and looking forward to keep track of your ongoing massive success, Jeff. I appreciate the uh, support. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform that might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.